It's the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels and another glorious week back after a light week. Back from the sabbatical, I got a haircut and I feel as though I could be on the cover of People magazine as Lesbian of the Year 1994 with the way my haircut came out or maybe going to a Lilith fair. I mean, I have the hairy legs for it and the armpits to go along with it, so I would fit right in. But maybe I'm going to have to get another haircut and get that hard part in the way I requested but was sorely disappointed at. Maybe I'll even post a picture and sign an 8.5 by 11 glossy for anybody that would like a picture of yours truly. How fantastic would that be? So as usual on Mondays... I go through a litany of stories that have come out over the weekend, comment on them brilliantly, and we are also going to have Hangover Monday, which is the worst story over the course of the weekend to come out, and by far the most embarrassing for some ungrateful, holier-than-thou a-hole that deserves ridicule. So, falsification of history. So, this is brilliant. Because Egypt is up in arms about Netflix's Queen Cleopatra. Because in Queen Cleopatra, Cleopatra now turns African. Well, the problem is is that Cleopatra was never African. And the Egyptian government is absolutely apoplectic. And on change.org, there is... A petition with at least 8,000 signatures. Afrocentrism is a pseudoscience that is pushing a group's agenda to claim Egypt's history and rob the actual Egyptians of it. Cleopatra was born in Alexandria, Egypt, in the Ptolemaic, almost got that right, dynasty to Greek descent. She was not black. This is no way against black people, and is simply a wake-up call to preserve the history and the integrity of the Egyptians and the Greeks. <laughs> this show is clearly done to complement the Afrocentric movement, which claims to be the owner of the ancient Egyptian civilization and to consolidate what the movement promotes. Egypt was never black. It was never white. Egypt is just Egypt. So please leave us alone. And so, who is, oh, Adele James featured the legendary leader. And the move by Jada Pinkett Smith, the producer and narrator of the series, has infuriated Mustafa Waziri, head of the Supreme Antiquities Council, and said that this whole thing is a falsification of Egyptian history. So, please, even the Egyptians are saying, enough with the wokeness. We don't need it anymore. Stop changing history because you people think you need to be heard. There are plenty of black heroes, not just American black heroes, but there are black heroes across the planet that you could do plenty of stories about that you do not even need to rewrite history for. I mean, just look at the black samurai in Japan. That would be an amazing movie if somebody were dared to do something like that. But stop. Even the Egyptians are saying, you people are morons. You're absolutely idiotic. Enough with the wokeism. You don't need it anymore. But something tells me 
that you can't say things like that because from the Epic Times, more than 10,000, 10,000, good God almighty, FBI agents can access data from secretive surveillance program, according to the inspectors general. Well, I could have told you this, and I probably did tell you this many times before, specifically when it comes to the FISA courts. Because in those FISA courts and in the way you get the ability to spy on Americans and anybody that they want in real time at all time, these FISA courts are basically rubber stamping whatever whoever wants to spy on anybody in the United States. It doesn't matter who it is. And they can even retroactively go back and say, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have done this. That th th There's no oversight with these FISA courts. It's all whatever you want, let's do it, and everybody gets into hot water. Gets, Representative Gets, he was upset about this. If I represent to you that we believe there may be north of 10,000 people, in the federal government who can perform FISA queries, would anyone here have a basis to disagree with that? And all three of the stooges that appeared before Congress said absolutely not. This is all fine. Don't worry about anything. It's ridiculous. It is completely unconstitutional, these FISA courts, along with probably the Department of Homeland Security while we're at it. But... We're stuck with what we're stuck with until somebody has the gonads to do something about it. And supposedly somebody with the gonads and the bravery to do something about something awful is Pope Francis. That's right. Pope Francis came out in a very cryptic way when he was referring to the altercations between Russia and the Ukraine. He goes, there is a mission in course now. But it's not yet public. When it is public, I will reveal it. Oh, trust the plan. That's what I hear. And he said this during his three-day visit to Hungary. I think that peace is always made by opening channels. You can never achieve peace through closure. Um, somebody should want to tell NATO, the EU, and the United States about uh, that. Maybe you should stop sanctioning people. Maybe you should stop funding, supporting, training, and arming Nazis uh, and keep creeping up through shady alliances to your adversary's doorstep. Maybe you should stop doing that. And so he also said, in these meetings, we did not just talk about Little Red Riding Hood. I would promise you that is symbolic of something. We spoke of all these things. Everyone is interested in the road to peace. And so he even goes on to say that we need to talk about re the repatriation of Ukrainian children because it's the right thing to do. When I hear this kind of garbage coming from the Vatican and the Holy See, the only thing I hear is... There's human trafficking involved, and we're going to do something that you probably wouldn't like if you knew what I was really talking about. When he says there is a mission in course now, but it is not yet public, all I hear when it comes to that is they are funneling children out of the country. There is a fine case study that you can look into about Sarajevo and Bosnia, and Herzegovina, and what the CIA did in those countries when the United States and NATO was bombing them. You can look up how many foster homes 
were just miraculously sprouting from the ground everywhere. And who was running those foster care systems? And who was in charge of those foster care homes? And why were they tied to the CIA? Same concept here, I would contest. I would say that there is a massive amount of human trafficking going on in the Ukraine, and it probably focuses on children. We also see a lot of videos coming out from the Russian side about Russian soldiers finding enormous amounts of children, enormous amounts of people that were used for nothing more than organ donors. They were shaving off limbs wherever they went because they were making money off of it. It's a disgusting, disgusting, reprehensible, degenerate style society. So when I hear the pulp come out and say, oh, we've got a plan and it focuses on repatriating children. Um, no, what I'm hearing is they're reestablishing the lines of human trafficking. Or, I mean, since we are pretty much a century later going through the same kind of political events with Nazis, maybe the Vatican and the Pope is going right back to ratlining Nazis out of Nazi territory and planting these Nazis all across the planet, including the United States. I mean, hell, they're training Nazis in the United States and across the European Union as we speak. So I thought that everybody was against Nazis, but apparently not in 2023. Ugh, this, this stuff is just so irritating. And all of the mouth breathers out there, not anybody that listens to me, but all the mouth breathers out there, they truly think, oh, we need to help poor little Ukraine. Yeah, uh, stop. No, enough. Stop with this. This is nonsense. Because they're all in on it. There's a massive, massive, massive human trafficking ring that is being reestablished. I mean, think about this. Trump was the president that did most since Eisenhower to limit and reduce the amount of human trafficking. Knowing what we know about these elites and their suspected proclivities for pedophilia and Satanism and Luciferianism and human trafficking... I would probably say that's a really good reason why the elites across the planet didn't really like Donald Trump. Because once you start limiting the amount of stock, quote-unquote, then they're going to get really mad at you, especially when they control the purse strings. This would also explain why the Biden administration has let the border go unfettered. Anything goes. Anyone goes. Anyone can get across that border. And they're expecting a massive amount of people to just come streaming across the Mexican-United States border in the next couple of weeks because of Title 42 ending. It would make perfect sense if they are trying to reestablish those human trafficking lines by allowing all of these people into the country. I mean, you saw the story over the weekend, or maybe it was late last week, where one little girl, maybe she was like 10 years old, if I remember the article correctly. I don't remember her age. But I do remember this, that they found over 67 different types of sperm in her. She was abused. All throughout the journey, she was trafficked, a child. Then there was another disgusting story about a three-year-old. Same thing. This poor little girl was abused so much 
that they literally had to reconstruct her organs so that she could urinate. But there's no problem at the border. Everything is fine. You don't have to worry about human trafficking. That's right. Everything is great. They just want to come to America for a better life. Um, no. How many of them are drug runners, gun runners? Now we're finding out that the Chinese government is sponsoring a lot of Chinese immigration throughout Mexico and Central America into the United States. What's that all about? Oh, and by the way, they found another balloon around uh, Hawaii, I think. But nobody knows if it's really a balloon, who it belongs to, and what it's doing. Um, we can pretty much guess. And... And let's take this one step further. They're all in on it because the Wall Street Journal also came out with, guess what? Epstein's private calendar emerges. And who do we find there? We find none other than CIA director, current CIA director, William Burns. That's right. He was in the Jeffrey Epstein calendar. Oh, and guess what? Burns and Epstein first met in Washington prior to Burns visiting Epstein and his Manhattan townhouse, according to a trove of leaked documents. However, this is also interesting. All of these people, all of these people, including Noam Chomsky, met Jeffrey Epstein after he was convicted of having sex and doing icky things with a child. Oh, the child was a teenager. The child wasn't legal. The child was a child. And yet, all of these people have no problem rubbing elbows with this degenerate Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And the CIA director, he comes out and says, Oh, I had no idea. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein? I don't recall anything about that. I, I never knew that he was up to his eyeballs with something like this. Uh-huh. I'm sure you didn't. And also, they found out that White House secretary or attorney, Catherine Rumler, who went on to become Goldman Sachs' top lawyer in 2020, guess what? She's all over it, too. She's hobnobbing and nobbing hobs and gobbling knobs with Jeffrey Epstein and God knows who else. And the left, the left, when this story came out, do you know what they did? They didn't pull a Donald Trump, where if you know these people, you are instantly guilty, and we're going to drag you into court, and you are guilty until proven innocent. No, 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 no. They all came out, full court press across Twitter, saying, well, just because somebody like Noam Chomsky is in uh, Jeffrey Epstein's book well, or calendar, it doesn't mean. He was a diddler. It just means that for some reason he was in Jeffrey Epstein's calendar and possibly his black book. So please, it's completely unfair to associate pedophilia, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, human trafficking, and these liberals, including the CIA director. Oh, and Ehud Barak from Israel. Why is the CIA director meeting with Epstein? Why is Ehud Barak meeting with Jeffrey Epstein all the time? It would seem as though that, one, these individuals are just as reprehensible and bottom-dwelling as Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. But, two, 
it would likely point in the, the direction that Jeffrey Epstein was running a massive blackmail operation where he was bringing these high-profile individuals, politicians, financiers, lawyers to his island, to his Manhattan penthouse for massages with underage girls in order to do what? In order for them to be completely under the thumb of various intelligence agencies like the CIA, the Mossad, MI6, and God knows what other agency across the planet that Jeffrey Epstein had access to, maybe like the FBI or DHS. Massive, massive blackmail operation going on here. And since everybody is guilty, they all continue it, and they all work together behind the scenes. They portray to you that they are on opposite sides of the spectrum, but guess what? They really aren't. They're all on the same side. They all meet together. They've all probably met together on Jeffrey Epstein's island, or maybe his New Mexican ranch, or maybe his Manhattan townhouse. It's a big club, like George Carlin said, and we're not in it. Or maybe you are, and you just haven't told me. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Because these people know what they do. They engage in deception. And it doesn't stop with the Epsteins. It doesn't stop with the financiers. It goes straight on into the FDA, the CDC, the World Health Organization, Big Pharma, all of them. And this little snippet is from August 27th, 1979, from Alan Bernstein to Mr. Larry Hewlett, focusing on the DTP vaccine. First thing that we have, after the reporting of the SID cases, sudden infant death syndrome cases. Now, this is back in 1979, by the way. In Tennessee, we discussed the merits of limiting distribution of a large number of vials from a single lot to a single state, county, or city health department and obtained agreement from the senior management staff to proceed with such a plan. Now, let me break that down for you. Basically, they found out that if they ship the same lot of vaccines to one location, the jig is up because they will start to understand, the public being they, that sudden infant death syndrome is caused by these vaccines. So what do they do? They break up the lots. They send the lots, different lots, to different parts of the country, different counties, different states, so that it doesn't look like there is any kind of trail leading back to these vaccines. And that's from 1979. And you know what happened in the 80s, particularly in the late 80s, or 84-ish, where miraculously, miraculously, all of these vaccines are on the market, and you cannot, cannot go after any vaccine company for any adverse event that occurs. That's how bad things are. That's how bad things have been. 
We need to really start looking into what it is to be a healthful society. And I strongly suspect that it being a healthy society involves things like exercise, um, sunlight. Yeah, sunlight. Also, things like going back to remedies that mankind has known about for literally millennia before Big Pharma got started in the early 1900s. I'm talking about crushing up dog turds and dandelion roots. Those kinds of remedies. Now, if you don't want to do the dog turds, you could probably get away with just dandelion root, ginger, garlic, turmeric, and onions. So you don't have to worry about that all the way. We have to go back to this kind of society where we're using natural remedies to cure ourselves. We're using preventative measures like a healthy diet and even something as simple as using the right kind of soap or right kind of detergents, dish or laundry, can help you immensely. You don't realize it because that's how we grew up. We grew up with all of these things. We're, we're under the constant barrage of marketing campaigns and propaganda and this air of authority and authenticity from, oh, well, it says that Tide is a good uh, detergent. So being that it's been approved and on the market for so long, it's probably the best thing out there. And it couldn't be that. I couldn't be breaking out for, so, for, for that. My dog couldn't be losing his hair because of using Tide. No, it couldn't be. Well, it probably is. And they don't stop there because this kind of deception is throughout throughout. So this comes from the Vigilant Fox, and the Vigilant Fox, citing childrenshealthdefense.org. You know, that's RFK Jr.'s deal. Uh, Pfizer's own trial showed a 24% greater likelihood of dying in the vaccine group after six months. So if you've made it beyond six months, you're probably okay. For every life they saved by preventing a death from COVID, they are killing four people from cardiac arrest. But I thought there was no bad adversity. I thought these vaccines were completely safe and effective. In the Pfizer clinical trials, they gave 22,000 people two COVID injections and 22,000 people fake vaccines. Of the 44,000, one person died of COVID in the vaccine group. Two people died of COVID in the placebo group, which means what? COVID never was a threat. So Pfizer, with the misleading measure of relative risk reduction, called the vaccine 100% effective because two is 100% greater than one. But from the angle of absolute risk, it took 22,000 vaccines to save just one life from COVID. And over a six-month period, 21 of the vaccinated people died of all causes, whereas only 17 died from the placebo group, which is a 24% difference. So what's killing these people? RFK Jr. says cardiac arrest. There were five cardiac arrest deaths in the vaccine group, one in the placebo. What that means is that if you take the vaccine, you're five times more likely to die from a fatal cardiac arrest over the next six months than if you don't take the vaccine. What it also means is that for every life they save by preventing a death from COVID, 
they're killing four people from cardiac arrest. Oh, but it's safe and effective. And we didn't know about any of these things because we just had to rush the vaccines out there through warp speed. I'm pretty sure they did know about it because they're citing Pfizer's own data. They knew about it from day one. Day one, they knew about this. Where are the class action suits? Where are the gallows? Well, maybe not that far. So, weekend hangover. This is the utter degeneracy of the weekend. The crown goes to none other than equine-faced Chelsea Clinton because she came out and said, guess what? If you say anything bad about books, particularly books focusing on gender ideology in elementary schools, you are nothing more than a bigot. That's right. Chelsea Clinton tweeted over 50% of the attempted book bans last year involved books with the LGBTQ plus characters and themes. Books are a vital way that children, adolescents, and adults learn about themselves and our world. Bans such as these are nothing but harmful. I mean, I don't know if anybody has read Portnoy's complaint, but that is one way to figure out life, especially when you are a growing adolescent. Now, here's the fun part. Chelsea Clinton, in her tweet, cited an NBC News article and in the article, you know, when you post something on social media, you usually get a picture that the article has in it with the post. Well, in the post, there is that picture. And it shows somebody reading Gender Queer. It also shows a couple of other books, such as The Opposite of Innocent. Now, what do we know about these books? We know that books like Gender Queer and This Book is Gay and let's talk about it, and the book Flamer, all talk about giving oral sex to each other, all talk about homoerotic scenes, including, including comic book style displays of what it is for men to blow men. And in this book is gay, it talks about, ooh, if you touch your butthole, it could be pleasurable. If you cup your balls in just the right way, it could make you feel fuzzy. But Chelsea Clinton has it all up there. Somebody was kind enough to point out to her, the photo on the article you're quoting features a book with explicit illustrations of sex acts, a book about incest, one, a sex story about two 10-year-old boys, one about a man raping and isolating a 12-year-old girl. One about a teen girl who seduces a man who kidnaps her. What an idiot. How stupid do you have to be? Chelsea Clinton, you are the queen of the Monday hangover because your idiocy knows no bounds. And that's going to be it for me, the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. You know what to do. You can find me, like me, share me, Last Call Caravan on the social media, Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels 
on all of your podcasting platforms. And do not forget, as always, to be the brilliant, lovable fuzzball that I all know you are. Display your brilliance to everybody. Let everyone in your neighborhood know that you are a cut above the rest and you are part of the Fuzzball Nation.